All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to Cricket Kid Radio. This week we have um, just just me this week because we're going to jump right into it because we have two awesome uh, interviews to bring you this week. Whatever. Uh, in our first segment, we have uh, sex expert Jenny Block. Uh, she is totally awesome. We had a great talk with her. She's written a book called Oh Wow, and it's about discovering your ultimate orgasm. And uh, we met her and, and had, a, had a great time. And so we're going to be talking with her in the first segment. Her stuff has appeared everywhere. She's uh, She writes for the Huffington Post, uh, the Dallas Morning News. She's been on TV with um, uh, with Tyra Banks and uh, discussing stuff on, on the Glenn Beck Show and Playboy Radio. So we were real thrilled uh, to have her. And she's a great person. We had a good time. So looking forward to bringing that to you. And in the final segment, we actually uh, spoke with uh, a cam girl uh, live from the Exotica Expo uh, in Dallas. Is that actually where we, we met? Uh, where we met Jenny originally, and uh, that led to us having having that great talk for the for the show. Um, anyway, but so yeah, so in the the final segment uh, live actually from Exotica, we spoke with cam girl Finley Blake. Uh, she's from Austin, and we kind of. Talk a little bit about what it is to be a cam girl and 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 how to be how to you know how to get into all that and uh, we debate Rashida Jones's uh, documentary called uh, Hot Girls Wanted, which a lot of the uh, industry have take exception to actually, which which was surprising to me because I didn't I didn't get that, but I'm I'm no expert of course. Uh, anyway, so let's jump right into it because we have a great show with, uh, like I said, with, with two uh, awesome interviews with two great girls. Um, so anyway, uh, and also before we get started, we want to bring you the song of the week. Uh, anybody that knows anything about me knows how much I love Prince. And I was thinking about which song I wanted for this week. And uh, and sorry, Prince, but I still equate you with sex. <laughs> and since this is the Exotica sex episode of Tricky Kid Radio and you have a new album out, I have chosen you, sir. Uh, anyway, he's got a great, great, cool record that just came out. I believe it's on uh, September 15th, which I think was yesterday. Uh, it's called Hit and Run Phase One. Uh, it was originally released through Tidal, but I believe it's going to be um, out on the, in the physical form later this week. Week, uh, very interesting. Um, uh, it's very much like like a, like a club record. Uh, so I'm going to play you the first song um, from it, or actually, I'm going to play you my favorite song from it so far. So the song of the week is from Prince from his new album Hit and Run Phase One. This song is called Like a Mac, featuring uh, an up and comer named Curly Fries. Here it is. Roll up in the town early afternoon. Looking for the pimp dress, make you swoon. Found a little number in a fancy Brazil. Looking like a Mac all up in here. Don't like fashion, many girls are hot. Pick one, come and show me what you got. Everything or nothing if you want to lie to what's cooking. She's looking, 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 looking. Like a man. Like a man. What you looking at? Me? Oh. 
I've been looking like who? Whoa, drop it down, then I pick it up slow. We run the town, city states in the globe. Tryna holla, I'm like what? No. Plus you looking like ill, gross. I'm on a wave, can you keep up with my flow? My music bang, you can feel it in your soul. And I rolled up in the town early afternoon. On the block, looking hot like it's early June. At the top, shining bright, something like the moon. Painting pictures with my lyrics, bumping my car too. With my ace, cause we queen, so we never get caught it. Kill the scene, then we leave, call it daily departed. Tryna dip, but we can't, cause we can't bombarded. You already know, we coming the hottest. Cam light flashing, and my click is hot. One, come and show me what you got come on. Everything and nothing if you want a lot of what's cooking Cause she Looking, 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 looking Walking down this way, only bring a blind on a good day. Not another autograph, cue the DJ. Everybody dance when I say. Don't like fashion and the girls are hot. Dancing with each other cause the boys are not. Trying to trade numbers for the drinks they bought. But what you supposed to think in a club full of thoughts? Don't like fashion and the girls are hot. Pick one, come and show me what you got. Everything or nothing if you want a line. What's cooking? Catch my crew dressing all black like we mobbing. Pockets got the mumps, so you know we never starving. Nodding and bobbing, our heads to the beat. You see how we rocking shows? Go and get up out your seat. Life is like a movie when we step up on the stage. I got 50 different styles that I got up on display. We gon' make the party jump, so you know we here to stay. Stacking paper love while y'all on the same page. Come on, cam light flashing and my click is hot. Hey, pick one, come and show me what you got. Come on, everything or nothing if you want a lot of what's cooking. This week uh, on Tricky Kid Radio, I'm your host, Roy Turner. We have Ginny Block. Ginny is an author uh, and sex advice columnist. She promotes sex positivity and all things about feeling good. She's written a book called Oh Wow, Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm. Ginny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's thrilled to be here. I'm glad we're glad you're here as well. So let's talk about, again, you've written a book called Oh Wow, which is the greatest title in the history of any book on any on any oh, subject. Oh, well, thank you. If you can't get into a book called Oh Wow, then you probably can't read. 
Well, that that was my that was my thought. <laughs> well, talk about about the, the 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 path that you took to sure. arrive at the book. Sure. Yeah, it was actually a really interesting journey. I mean, I was doing a lot of sex writing. I was writing a sex column for a long time for Fox News, if you can imagine. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and I I actually wrote a book about open relationships that came out in two thousand and eight. Okay. And so I just started, and what was the title of that one? Um, open love, sex, and life in an open marriage. Good deal. Okay. You wait. You debated with. Kamala Davari? Uh, well, I was on. We were on the same side. Okay. We were on uh, Tyra Banks. Together. On Tyra Banks, yeah. and you were okay. I'm yeah. not, okay. I've done a little bit of research on that. Okay. I was on Glenn Beck debating with him. Got you. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, and also did a Nightline debating. Ironically, was on the same foot on the same side as the Ashley Madison guy. Who was now <laughs> and I kept saying, "Don't put me with him." I put him in relationship. I'm the opposite of him. That's but fantastic. What's funny is about writing a book about open relationships. Everyone just assumed I was the sex guru, and Basically, a week after the book came out, I got a phone call from Quip Magazine, which used to be part of the Dallas Morning Oh, yeah, sure. And they said, can you write a sex column? And my dad always taught me to say yes and figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, of course. I mean, Absolutely. Yes, I can Google anything. So I wrote that column and ended up at Fox News, ironically. And while they had a young female editor... Anything went. Yes. And then eventually they ended up turning it into a health column, and guess what? No one read it, and that would be it. Oh, okay. So like, how, and how long did that run for? At least a year. Oh, well, that's a good yeah, run. Yeah, Come good on, run. man. And I had, I think the top read article was about why Walgreens is a sex toy shop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is. So, um, but it was, it was funny. It just sort of everything kind of bloomed from there. Okay. And I was talking to a publisher about doing a collection of erotica, and she said, you know what I'm really interested in? Is female orgasm. And I said, oh, good, you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. And she mentioned that she had read that there were 15 different kinds of female orgasms. And I said, okay, well, either I'm not having all of them. You know, you're missing 14 of them, right? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. So I started doing research, and what I discovered was there aren't 15 different ones. There's one, you know, clitoral right. orgasm. But there's all these different, like, roots to it. Some roots which either, you know, never crossed my mind before yeah. or just weren't my cup of tea. But that there were all these different pathways and that most women aren't using most of those. And when you talk about that in the book, like, whatever, when you, it begins with, not to give any spoilers to our listeners, <laughs> uh, about you being in that workshop, okay? And, and so I love the parallel because it was like you had your light bulb moment and it's kind of like the reader is going to have their light bulb moment within the first five pages of the book. I thought that was very effective and, and, and not, not as strategic, but good, you know? Well, way, you don't have to like, wait till page 150 to get to it. You exactly. Know? It's exactly what you said. I wanted it to mirror my own sort of light bulb right. experience, which is kind of like, oh my gosh, most heterosexual couples are having procreative sex for recreation. Right. And duh, women aren't coming. Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way. Right, right. So it was sort of like, of course, no kidding, but also, holy smokes, like this is kind of, you know, new yeah. 11. Well, you were comparing it to like, and it was so, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm male and uh, I'm reading this how you were like, if you were in a paint class or whatever, and she, somebody would walk over and say, that's good with those brushes. They would do the same thing. Like, hey, this is how, there's no reason for it to be anything 
taboo no. or dirty. And, and, and what a great way to kind of free that up. Totally. You know? And the, the class was Betty Dodson's Body Sex Workshop, of course, which we've been doing since the 60s and yeah. 70s. And, yeah, I mean, we sat in a circle and masturbated. And I'll have to, I won't lie, for the first, like, 30 seconds before it happened, I was like, there has to be a way out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't care if I'm the orgasm girl or not. Yeah, the exit is... Yeah, right. Yeah. There are magic doors. <laughs> and then I was sort of like, you know, it seems more ridiculous to be like, I can't do this, you know, like... I mean, I've repelled off of hotels on over a highway. I can certainly, yes. you know, touch my pussy in front of nine other women. Right. Like, let's not be ridiculous. Exactly. So it really, that was an aha moment, and so was the going to get training from the expert. You know, like, I didn't learn to rock climb by myself. I didn't learn how to repel by myself. And yet here I am, like, trying to figure out my body. Like, yeah. You grow up and you're sort of like, and now you have sex things. But okay. you were kind of fighting your own programming there, weren't you? I really was. Yeah. Because I have my own way of masturbating and my own way of having... Well, anybody does. It. But I'm talking about but being female masturbation is what we're talking about. You had a certain amount of programming that you had to unprogram. Totally. because And I thought I was pretty free. I was comfortable yeah. with my body and all of that stuff. But there's still a sort of like, what's okay and how big of an orgasm and how long is it okay? And um, even like really physiological things, like I always arch my back before I come. I remember you saying that, yeah. And that physically blocks like blood flow and nerve endings. Which was crazy for me as a male because I always thought when I see the back... Like, I'm thinking, yes. okay, I'm 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 doing well. I'm this is it's the equivalent of like holding up the scorecards. Correct. Like when the I back arches, I got I'm between nine and ten exactly. there. But you're saying that's not exactly the case. No, I mean you might you know in, instead like sort of tucking your pelvis in, almost like you're riding on a horse, is actually a better motion. And in fact, maybe you could repeat that motion while you're masturbating or while you're having sex. It's, it creates exponential orgasms. But again, like you're talking about, there's personal programming, social programming, yes. sort of your learned behavior. It's not like alone in bed as a seven-year-old you're going to think to lift up your pelvis. Right, you know? right, right. You're not going to go, well, wow, that would be, you know, how do I, how you know. a better orgasm. You're just trying not to get caught. <laughs> exactly. Now, when people are hearing this immediately, they hear a intelligent woman speaking very frankly about sex. And unfortunately, that still, in 2015, still frightens people. Why is that? I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think that sex has been an incredible way to control women since forever and ever. As long sure. as you could control women's bodies and women's pleasure, you could make sure that you got to be the boss of things. That's how the church with the big C controls sure. people. That's certainly how the government controls people. You know, before the pill, you started to even have sex because, right. you know, you got punished. By well, you pregnant. say something in the book about that, too. You were saying, like, well, if, you know, if the woman doesn't depend on the, her, the man for her orgasm... Then she, you know that's, that's frightening to a man. Totally. She's not you're not needed and anymore. I always say, isn't it better to be wanted than needed? And Absolutely sure. Said, How can you put this book out there? And every man in America is going to hate you. I'm like, no, every man in America is going to love me. Yeah. I'm saying you don't have to do any magic tricks. No one makes a woman right. Come. Of course, you facilitate an orgasm. So now you're freed up, and you say to your female partner, "Show me what you like." Tell right. me how you like to be touched. So, well, I'm lucky to just bear witness to it, but I. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, no. Um, but to take that sort of to switch that over, I think is very frightening. Also for women, because then it means we have to be responsible for our own orgasms, which we are. Right, we right. Take control of our own bodies, which is scary and hard, and you have to talk and communicate. It's in some ways it's way easier to lay there, but once you've learned the benefits of not just laying sure. there, you'll never do it again. Well, well, yeah, it's it's kind of like like stepping into the light. 
you know, you don't want to kind of go back. There's definitely an allegory of a cave to be had here. The first question right now anyone's going to have that's listening right now, it's, an, it, it's unfortunate we're not going to compartmentalize or somehow compromise any of this, but the first thing they're going to be thinking of is, what is your orientation? Oh, absolutely. And so, for listeners, I found this to be awesome and amazingly interesting and free and liberating and envious, actually. Uh, So you are actually, technically, you're married to a man. You're a mother. Okay, but you identify? As a lesbian. As a lesbian. Yes. Bless you. And what's funny is that when you look at, like, there was an incredible longitudinal longitudinal study done, which became the book... um, uh, sexual fluidity, okay. and it was the first longitudinal study of women's sexuality that actually, quote unquote, proves that the majority of women are fluid. That most of us go through a period of feeling truly identifying as heterosexual, truly identifying as bisexual, and/or truly identifying as lesbian. That there's no reason to take issue with that. Wow. Which makes total sense because that's what Kinsey said. That's what Masters and Johnson sure. said. Sure. And, and they said they were crazy. Right? Of yeah. course. Because yeah. yeah. you know, if they don't say you're crazy the first time, then you're probably not doing anything. <laughs> Interesting. Well, um, sure, sure, but that's also that's a fair response, you know. Totally. So, what what is your answer to that? Whenever you see people putting up roadblocks, even even for themselves, you know that it's either a fear response or a coping mechanism, correct? Right. I mean, there's there really there really aren't any other options. If you're not living authentically, it's because you're afraid of it, or because someone has frightened you in the past, which still equates to fear, really. Sure. But for whatever reason, you're afraid of what retribution will follow. Either you'll be called a whore, or your right. family will disown you. And all of those are, I'm not discrediting any of those. Sure. There are places where you get killed for being gay. Yeah. There are yeah. places where, you, you know, they're in this very country, women get murdered all the time by their husbands and boyfriends for saying they don't want them, let alone saying they want women. Right. So I'm not suggesting it's easy or simple, but for your average girl like me, who is facing nothing short of, you know, nothing other than really, you know, what will my dad say? Yeah. Um, it was just time to sort of, when, when that became my truth, for me to share that truth. Okay. I have a great relationship with my daughter's father. We're still legally married because that's what our daughter has requested so she leaves for college. Okay. So we're really treating this as a family. I mean, last night, we all, my girlfriend took us all out for sushi because I was heading out of town and she wanted to give my husband a break on Labor Day. Like really That's amazingly mature and just... Like, I wish I was that mature. But I think that's about, like, being human. Like, she looks at me as a human, not as his wife. I look at him as a human, not as my husband. Which is hard, but that's also how we negotiated an open marriage. And people always like, how could you ever watch your husband with someone else? I'm like, if you thought of him as a human and could watch that human being enjoyed by another human... Of course you can do well, absolutely. It. It's gorgeous. And we will we will get into that segment in here in the next segment here. For this one here though, walk our listeners through like if if we had a live thing right now and I was taking calls, the first call would, would be something like, Jenny, how do I get past blah blah blah. So why don't we to you our in terms of coming out for your sexuality or standing up for your orgasm? Well, uh, or? for the, we're gonna, we're going to keep it with the orgasm. Okay. Okay. For for the book. I think okay. the, the very first thing that I suggest to women is to to start masturbating. I and mean, if you are masturbating, to start masturbating more and to yeah. start masturbating differently yeah. and to start doing the things that you've always been like, oh, is that okay if I do that? There are women who only use toys who've never actually touched themselves. There are women who've never looked at themselves. There are women who like pornography but 
don't want to use a cubate or right. scared of saying. So all of the things that you're sort of trepidatious about alone, I say attack those first because okay. there's no one else to no one else to see. Sure, them. and that's kind of part of the undoing of the programming or whatever hangups that you might find out that aren't your own. You've adopted these hangups based upon whatever somebody that you might have wanted to please at some point, totally. like maybe your parents or your church or whatever. Absolutely. You know. And then I suggest that you start surrounding yourself with sex positivity. Don't read Fox News unless it's me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> surround yourself with the kind of information and the kind of people, both literally and figuratively, that are going to support your mission. If you have a bunch of girlfriends that are like, you know, I don't touch myself, that's not, you know, then hang out with them on laundry day, but don't hang out with them and talk about sex, because that's not helping. That's right, that's you know, right. Seek out other people, go to conferences like Exotica, go join the, you know, go hang out with the burlesque girls, hang out at the roller derby, hang out with women who are known for being, you know, a little more self, I don't know. Her heroes, her laundry list. Yeah. Right, exactly. All the women who are sort of like, this is me. And I feel like it's sort of a love it or leave it situation. And believe me, people will love you. Yeah. People, I mean, I've never met a man who's like, yeah, I really like a cold fish in bed. (laughs) Exactly. It's ridiculous. Every single woman that I've talked to who's finally gotten up the guts to say, my clit is about two inches from where you think it is. Every man has cheered. Thank you for telling me. I don't want to be an idiot. I want to be a rock star. Well, you yeah. show me how to be a rock star. Well, you have to handle it like what did Kevin Smith say? You have to handle it like CNN or the Weather Channel. Constant updates. <laughs> I love that. I will be feeling that. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because the other thing is it changes and moves. Your foot is still in the same spot, but. The sensitivity level. Sure, and you don't have to be an air traffic controller about it, but but if you can give you know give some direction. Although I like the idea of that. Can I get some of those orange? Those orange lights. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And you know, it's it's even you know, the woman sitting with another woman. It's not like it's any easier. There's still you have to like you you start worrying about people's yeah. egos and all this stuff. And then again, in practice, you know, my girlfriend and I have been together for ten months now, and I remember at the beginning I was a little bit like just because I'm Miss Free to be you and me does not mean she's going to That's right, that's right. And, and you wouldn't be fair like, to expect that either, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I had to sort of test the waters and every time I got nothing but positive feedback. Yes, give me more information. Yes, tell me. And yet, it still can be hard for me to say it and it still can be hard to walk the walk because sure. you have all this other school stuff going through your head. But the only thing you can do is be your own advocate. We're talking about sex. Yeah. Like rocket science. Well, like, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, okay. It's, it's sex. It should be like, it's the one sort of fun, easy thing that you own. It's your body parts, it's your choice, it's your partners. And sometimes we treat it like this, ooh, it's so horrifying. And I think I think much of society wants us to do that. It yeah. keeps us it keeps okay. us tense, it keeps us apart, it keeps us secretive, it keeps us separate from our partners. Imagine if everyone was having fabulous orgasms all the time. I always say, imagine if the world was huh. like Monsters Inc. And instead of children's screams, it was women's orgasms. Yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. I mean, imagine that. Yeah. Like, just think of the John power. Lennon's dream of, of utopia would uh, yes, be a little exactly. bit closer, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, so, okay. So, one thing I love here, I, to, I was going to wait to the end to say this, but I have to let our listeners know that you should know that Ginny and I are both seated next to our girlfriends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> My girlfriend insisted to be a part of this, and uh, and now I, and now I'm I'm absolutely understanding why. So we all have something to learn here. Now, I do want to say this. Let's say that despite 
your reasoning. Let's say that you're just not somebody that's just that, you know, uninhibited. Not, not necessarily because of programming or society or parents or whatever. Let's just say that you're just the kind of person that you're just kind of like you have formed whatever somebody issues all by yourself. Okay. What do, what do you say, say to her? Well, the first thing I say is that that's okay, too. Like, you don't yeah. have to be screaming in bed, and you don't have to be wild. You don't. There are, there's no supposed to. There's no should. Like, it's still your It's your body and your deal. And to be honest, you, you don't even have to have any orgasms if you don't want to. And you don't right. have particularly good ones if you don't want to. Well, I mean, everybody wants to. I just I, mean I that they're so, just kind of like, they're trying to find their way. And it's not necessarily, let's say they're, they're the most liberated out spoken and have no hang-ups whatsoever just for for some reason getting there or being comfortable with with themselves enough to get there well again i think it has a lot to do with masturbating you know with really getting back to your okay. focus i also think that going to workshops whether you actually take your clothes off or not but just being in groups of people where you see how other people are able to talk. Yeah, sure. You know, going to... The communication of it, right. Exactly. Yeah. Every sex toy shop in every city constantly is having workshops. You sit in the back and just listen. To just hear other people saying the things and talking about the things. Again, it's, it really is like reprogramming. Yeah. Whether you've programmed yourself or someone else has done it to you, sure. it's all about redoing the tape. So I always tell women who are saying in their brains, like, I'm not sexy or my body is sexy or I don't deserve orgasm whatever whatever that negative tape is playing you have to replace it and it's going to be really uncomfortable and you're not going to like it and you have to do it anyway I had surgery on my finger and I'm in physical therapy now and I hate every freaking second of it horrible it all hurts you can say fuck on this podcast I hate every fucking second Um, but the other choice is that I'll never have full mobility in my finger again so I have to decide am I willing to go through that in order to get that back well of course I am well which hand do you masturbate with (laughs) you see what I did there that's that's the problem it's my left hand I'm so much more motivated Uh, funny that you should mention that because part of the reason I had to have a surgery, I have a condition where my nerves can tighten up, and my girlfriend's first thought was, it's not in your dick hand, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not not yet. Okay. <laughs> That's um, fantastic. So yeah, I just think it's you know I, I I really do think it's a matter of realigning everything that you've ever believed. You know that okay. they say it's that negative tape in your head. Oh, it's another Monday. I hate Monday. Mondays always suck. If that's that's what you're doing in your head, I guarantee Monday will suck. But if you can all of a sudden change that, things will be very different for you. If you're just joined us, we're uh, talking with Ginny Block, uh, sex therapist, uh, promoter of sex positivity, and we're talking about the book, Oh Wow, Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm. Now, Ginny, you mentioned in the, in the first segment about, you know, we're sitting here in Dallas, Texas right now, and a, uh, a recent convention came to town, actually where you and I actually met, um, uh, Exotica, uh, for those that don't know, and like you don't know, um, is a traveling, you know, it's called a comic con, but for sex. And I was at the AVN Awards for the first time earlier this year in January. Did you love it? I did love it. But I actually loved this more. I, I It was much more laid back. And in terms of Comic-Con, I'm a total nerd. If you could see my arms, I've got like 
comic book tattoos on the inside of my arms. And uh, she's got the cool ones. She's got the Joan Baez and the Bob Dylan, and I uh, have the uh, the nerdy stuff. We're both pretty big nerds. But um, my point is, is that, you know, so I thought that I was prepared for it, and I and I felt like that it was way tamer. And that's not why I like it because it was more my speed. I like it because it was more organized, actually. You know, but no. But Avian, uh, unfortunately, she was una- unable to come. But I, uh, uh, I thought it was fantastic. I had a great time. The reason why I mentioned it was because it never occurred to me. You know, even though I was born and raised here, and I moved to New York about ten years ago and lived there for up until till recently, it never occurred to me that there would be protesters. It, like I know that it seems naive in hindsight to me now, but it's just kind of like okay, I've been to, uh, I've seen a thing or two. I'm, I'm by no means an expert. Avian was uh, that's the Adult Video Network or awards, whatever in Las Vegas every year. It's like the the Oscars for the for, for born for our listeners. Um, and that was an eye-opening experience. Uh, you know, I wasn't exactly walking in there like Opie from Mayberry, but it was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Okay. The I, highlight for me was the year I went, Dennis, who owns the Bunny Ranch, was right. like, you're Jenny Block, who wrote that book. And I was like, oh, God, no, you're Dennis, who owns the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> It was awesome. I had I had Nina Hartley record her a message uh, because oh. she loves Nina Hartley and she couldn't be there. Oh my so gosh. I I don't know why Nina Hartley just fell in love with me and we got well, Nina if you're out there I love you. Uh, uh, we got along so great and I'm hanging out all weekend and so I was like, could you do something for me? And she she did so. But the reason why I say all this lead up to this whatever is it Exotica came to Dallas and it felt like 19. 19- 49 all over again. I, it was, I have to say, I'm with you. I was a little shocked. I mean, I saw the billboards around town. Right. And so I got in touch with them and we started talking and oh, we'd love for you to come and speak and blah, blah. I was like, oh, that would be great. And right. so we sort of, I don't know, I just was watching the billboards and like getting my presentations ready. Like, so let's start there. Okay. Before we get there. Sure. They contacted you because we want, I want to put that over. Okay. Sure. So they contacted you and so your participation was, of course, I know this, but I want our listeners to know this, your participation in Exotica was Oh, you what I was doing there? Right. Well, I actually contacted them and okay. said, how can I be a part of this? Right. And they said, well, would you want to come speak? And I said, would I? I'd love to. And they said, well, can you do one seminar every each day and then you can have your booth and sell your books and all that? And I said, sure. And, it, you know, I... It, it, to be honest, I didn't know a lot about it. I did okay. the research. They were expecting fifteen to 20,000 people. Okay. It was at the convention center. Like, I mean, all kinds of stuff goes here. On, yeah. you know, we have a zillion strip clubs in this town. Right. You know, like, yes, I know it's conservative here. I mean, sure. I did a Nightline episode with 4,000 angry people at that church, uh, Fellowship Church. Oh, yeah. So I, I know. Okay. Know, I, I get it. But I don't know. I, I naively still sort of thought, well, just be at the convention center. Like, what's the big hubbub? Well, let's streamline it, though. Okay. And for those that weren't there, uh, I posted part one. You saw you saw our coverage of part one, and uh, and thank you. Uh, and part two is actually going to be up uh, in two days, so there is, there is a sequel coming. So, um, but for those that, that, that did not see it, um, you also should know that even though this is streamlined, this the mayor was trying to get it shut down and found out and, and had some bullshit thing to satisfy the voters. But come to find out, the the how he backed out of it was he said that it would have been illegal to have done so, okay? Meaning that he may have made one call, okay? 
Uh, the second thing is, is that after all this big hoopla, didn't you find the actual protesting to be pathetic oh, and yeah, sad? Were like and, three or four people, and and I would have liked to have seen them outside because it was a hundred and billion degrees outside. Yeah, yes. So I wanted to see if they could. Second like what hell is like. <laughs> yeah. Right. But how, how much of that was the whole copycat of the whole Westboro Baptist Church? Because. Before Westboro Baptist Church became part of our vernacular, would those signs have looked the no, way that they did? No, they're so silly. They're all copycat crap, and they're okay. all looking for attention. And I was really sad when I saw media yeah. covering them. And I mean, it just—they're so silly, but they're also dangerous and gross. And I hated. I walked down the hall to get some Splenda for my coffee, yeah. and they called me a harlot, and they were mad that I wasn't answering. They're like, "You without the ears." And then for a week afterwards, they were posting all this stuff on Twitter about me and tweeting out to the Dallas Observer. At one point, the Observer tweeted me and was like, you deal, like, you answer this? What do you know what to say to this guy? He's posting all these, like, collages of me. Well, I knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted attention from my followers. Well, I'm not sharing my followers. That's right. So that was that, and I just walked in, and that was the last time I heard of it. don't you realize that, that protest is promotion? Yes, Isn't it? That's Yes, that's exactly what no, they no, 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 but, no, but oh, for us, no, they're not that smart. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't realize that by protesting Exotica, right. you're promoting it. I can't tell you how many people came by the booth and said, I'm here because I saw the protest. <laughs> yeah. In fact, because there was so much protesting going on, I emailed the Dallas Morning News and said, this isn't right. I want to write an op-ed pro-Exotica because I'm tired of seeing all of this opposite stuff. Yeah. And they were like, And thank you, you for being a, a voice shot. for that. Oh, thank you. Know? you. They said, you can give it a shot and we'll see if we can print it and I did and people came to Exotica and said I'm here because of your op-ed because of you know, what's the one you wrote for, for the Dallas Morning News yeah okay now this was prior to the thing correct okay because I saw that in fact you, you, you sent that to me uh, and then but what about you tweeted something recently about it was something like like, like uh oh you tweet you say this and the haters come out talk about that for a second well, I, I don't, and I, I wish I could remember exactly what I tweeted, but I think even just, there was a point where, it, so also Kira was there, who happens to be a, a, a lovely porn star, who is on, who, who has a book coming out this spring with the same publisher, so we're colleagues. Oh, look at you, my good. My mother yeah. does not like that. Um, <laughs> And so she had tweeted a photo of the two of us together with her signed copy. And so I, I had tweeted something about that, and people were hating on me for that. Like, how dare you have her as a supporter? And then in the same, while all of that was happening, I had written about Josh Duggar. And then uh-huh. things got really hard. Oh, good. Because then it was, you know, then I... It my, becomes a religious issue at that point. Yes, you know? I think now I've earned a first-class ticket to hell. I don't have to take coach anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, it's, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to me that they don't realize that they're promoting me by being hateful. Right. They don't realize how ignorant they look. I mean, sure. they look silly. They had, people were even making fun of their signs. They couldn't even use, like, a... Nice sharpie and a ruler. No, it was so it was so pathetic. And of course, the one that got the most attention, and I don't want to give anyone this, um, is uh, that needs the most attention. I don't want to give anyone, but you know the one I'm talking about. You know the sign I'm talking about. And it was, and, and it went viral a little bit. And I was like, there is no way. And I wrote about this in the blog. If you wrote it, read it, there is no fucking way in hell that any human being believes that somebody deserves that kind of treatment. I don't think that's true. Re- I mean, yeah. you really think that yeah. somebody... Am but, I naive but only that? because of his own self-loathing. Like, yeah. I, oh, sure, I sure. guarantee that he either... 
can't get girls interested in him right. or is homosexual and is having difficulty with that or is even asexual and having difficulty with that. And unfortunately what people do, I mean, rape is not a crime of sex, it's a crime of violence. Yeah, it's violence. And so he's looking to, to have other people treated violently in a way that he somehow because he Because he's afraid. Because he's afraid, right? right. So, you know, when I've written about Josh Weber, I mentioned I feel sorry for him and I do. I feel a great deal of pity for him and for the guy with those signs because it's actually quite sad. These are incredibly ignorant, yes. very simple-minded, very hate-filled humans. And that only comes from really, you're not born that way. Uh, no, no, of course not. Out that That's way. right. So very bad things have happened to these people now. I don't approve of their behavior, but you have to, in a karmic sense, feel sad for them and just feel a little bigger and say, I'm really sorry for whatever happened to you or whatever you feel like is happening to you now, but this isn't helping. Well, that's right. That's right. This is not helping. Well, you know, I'm glad you said that because I've always have imagined what, and this is all the, the promotion I'm going to give to the Westboro Baptist Church, but uh, I always imagined myself when I would see that stuff and I would get so angry, okay? And, like, I'm a pretty cool guy, but I'm also the last person to ever take any kind of shit, even even one for even for one second, a very no bullshit disposition. And I always imagine, maybe out of anger, what would happen if I was walking by one of those where they were protesting a funeral or whatever. And in my mind or even my own bullshit Darwinian male bullshit, whatever, is that I would be kicking some serious ass. I mean, I would be literally not peaceful. That's what I, I mean, and I know that's not the right thing. I'm not promoting that. I'm no, just saying, I, I hear you. Absolutely. I'm just saying that in my mind, I would just, I know I would explode. Okay. But when I was actually face to face, bring it back to what you were saying, I didn't feel angry. I felt sorry for them. Totally. And the first thing I did, I was walking past them and these kids, I could hear them behind me wanting to take a picture. And I was like, I'll take your picture. You'll take mine. <laughs> so we just took selfies in front of them and tried to be like depowered them by making them into the spectacle that they really were. Sure. You can't give them the serious. Now, to be clear, when I say feel sorry for you, I don't want to hang out with you. Okay, at all. I do. Ever. I don't ever want to see you again, and I don't ever want to see you acting like that in public. Okay. No, but the other thing I do say to them is, if if you're ready, we will take you back if you want to apologize. That's good. That's good. And you want to come back and be a human. Like the world is open. No. There's a place for forgiveness and for people to say, you know what? I was a self-loathing kid, doing disgusting, violent things because yes. I hate my. Myself, can I have a chance? And right. I want to live in a world where we say, you really sucked back then. Yeah. Really, really sucked. And there's no forgiving you for it. But you can, let, let's see what you can do now. I'm not holding my breath about that, but I love your optimism, though, Jenny. Okay. But I will say this. How much of that, however, because there were only like five or six of them out there, and those five or six didn't come together, which was clear. They had all come individually. Now, what if there was a 300-person strong united mob with torches? Would we still be saying we feel sorry for the ignorance? You see what I'm saying? Like, I think I would still feel sorry yeah. for them, but I certainly wouldn't be there because I don't trust mobs. I will cry. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, you know, when I was speaking at, at the at the Fellowship Church. There were 4,000 people all screaming at me. I had a bodyguard who I thought was my host. The whole time I thought they were just like providing me the host to show me around. And it turned out it was someone to make sure I was safe. He walked me to the bathroom, to the car, and everything. 
Even the church itself was afraid someone would hurt me, which no one did. I can't imagine that reality. All yelling horrible things to me while we taped this show for three hours, and I was that's a lot of strength. Because I was up on stage and the lights and odd that I was sitting next to Cynthia McFadden. <laughs> it just makes it. I mean, when you see them in a group, they look all the more ridiculous. They're sure. dangerous, and you need to be careful. That's and you right. Should stay away from them, but they do look even more ridiculous. They're all exactly the same. They're these sad little shells of humans. Yeah, that are frightened, you know, ignorant, who are terrified. Who some man in a shiny suit, over airbrushed tan, has told them that if they don't give him all his money, they're going to hell. No. And they don't know any better. That's all your mama teaches you. You don't know any better. And but you do have a responsibility as yourself to find the truth, and that's yes, what you're here to deliver. Now it's time to educate yourself. That's right. Now it's time to take off the blinders. Now it's time to look around. The people that make to make me even angrier. Was I talked about this? Okay, so if you didn't read the blog, so whenever we were leaving, there were people that were outside. You remember? They were singing with their guitars. Okay, I didn't see the kumbaya yet. Okay, okay. all I saw was it this incredibly friendly, but in that that saccharine sort of. You know what I mean? That very Christian way where there's got to be something sinister. Just there is something very like I am. I am the most naive, trusting person in the world. But I, but my. If there's something like you know how they say gaydar, you would say for Christians, or like Christian dar, and it doesn't sound very right, but uh, I haven't because whenever they pull that saccharine sweet thing, suddenly like again to make a comic book reference, my spidey sense begins to tingle. Okay, and so I was like, man, they're friendly, but I didn't know that they weren't. I didn't know they were separatists. Okay, I thought this was a different approach from the same evil. And here, have a bottle of water. And I was like, don't go in there, guys. There's some bad stuff happening. You're kidding around. And what the deal was, they were trying to lure us. This wasn't a genuine act of no. kindness for no. those. And I appreciate them saying, I'm all, I have nothing against religion and faith, okay? I am personally am, am not a Christian, but I've got no problem if that works for somebody else, okay? And I'm sure you don't either. But I found it to be just downright deceptive. At least, at least I can recognize these guys as being the enemy. But to try to, this wasn't a genuine act of kindness for some thirsty person. And as I also mentioned, you know how many people came up to me on the way to my car that were homeless well, you, that could have used that bottle of you water? Understand that these are people who believe in literal Bible, so they are literally the snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they literally see themselves That's right. as the snake. That's right. I mean, they are doing the exact. Yeah, come on thing. over, and then. Exactly. It was this big kumbaya, and I was like, man, this was not like Vegas at all. <laughs> so that was the bad part of Exotic, and now we're going to talk about the good part. We're talking with Jenny Block, author for the, who uh, from Huffington Post. Your stuff has appeared in New York Times, Playboy. you got a, a full-on pedigree. I'm a busy girl. I'm trying not to call you Jenny from the blog, as I said before. That's I'm going right. to start busting out some J-Lo here in a second. Uh, her book is called Oh Wow, Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm. And we were talking about Exotica when it came to Dallas. You're a Dallas resident. And uh, now the good part was that once inside... It was like the most accepting, van- was vanilla the right word? And that's the part that I find so amazing. Like, if you're talking about people who are acting Christian, like in the original meaning of the word, like Christ-like, like turn the other cheek and, and walk on, 
hundred miles in someone's shoes. If you're talking about that, those are the people inside the doors, yeah. not outside. Yeah. Those are the people who are helping each other. And would you like my seat in the seminar room? And let me teach you something new. And can I show you this? Right. Would you like to try this? Those, the people inside the doors, were the intellectual, friendly, warm, lovely people. The people yes. on the outside were the bad guys. Yes. So I, that is what I wish people could see. If you could have taken Absolutely. sort of like a cross section of the building and looked down, there's a group promoting violence and hate Hatred. and anger. That's yeah. The, Imagine the bird's the eye view. Exactly. Yeah. Those yeah. are the quote unquote Christians. And then there are those of us on the inside who are talking about sex. Again, it's just sex. It's sex. But you're right, though. I mean, it was like you said, if you had a bird's eye view, you would see these crazy mobsters, and then you would see. You know, people talking openly when they probably have never been able to before, or buying things that could make them happy or make their their marriage exactly. work better. Did you see the group? Did you see who the group was when you first walked in? That was making the screen printed shirts, the Jesus loves porn. Shirts. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And they are this lovely. That's very, the fellowship people there. Yeah. You know, very overtly, you know, religious, obviously, yeah. but who were very like. You know, who were very kind to us and very like, you yes. know, they were they were very nice and were very like, we don't promote this 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 behavior, we don't like this, right? But we want everyone to be taken care of and safe. Yeah. So again, I want you to be overt about what your beliefs are, That's right. and I want you to be kind to me regardless of what those absolutely are. respect I mean, what I believe. Yes. You know, if you believe in Jesus, which you know, I guess is a historical figure, maybe there's some truth or human that bared some. You know, resembles right. It came from some this character. Right, was, right, yes. yeah. But that made him like a Peace Corps volunteer. <laughs> he was like a hippie, barefoot. He never called himself the son of God. He worked with the prostitutes and the lepers. Like, people are really confused, and he's going to be pissed. Like, I feel fully prepared. To, if, if there are pearly gates, I'm ready. <laughs> because I know that despite my lack of believing in him as the Messiah, I lived as a good person. That's right. And that's what he actually wanted from all of us. And he's going to be so angry at the people who used his name for all this hate. So, anyway. So, talk about the, the positivity of, of exotic. The, the best part about exotic is the What did you learn? Did you learn anything? Well, I was just amazing how many couples were there. Yeah. They were like lovely couples, like holding hands, yeah, and walking around and checking out the exhibits and going to the seminar. Yes. You, like you said, it was Comic Con, and Spider Man was there. And Spider Man really was there, yes. yes he was. And, and Ghost Rider, and we, we know that dude, by the way. <laughs> Spider Man dragging around by a chain, or someone pulling Jack. I think somebody Spider-Man. was pulling Spider Man. Around. Okay. The Ghost Rider guy. We actually don't know him, but okay. we, but we do frequent. We we speak nerd fluently, okay. and we do. And, and so you know the whole this whole phenomenon of cosplay. Uh, we cover a lot of cosplayers on on our on our blog and stuff, and so we can you know started seeing kind of the same people, at, at and so when those people they were there. We I saw like Ghost Rider because we the guy that was Ghost Rider and Spider Man all that whole little group that was walking around, we saw them at Acon and Comic Con and the whole so bit. Back again, I mean the like, nerds like, like, like are your intellectuals in in nerdy glasses. Right. I mean again, you're talking about the same group of people. Open, nerdy, just 
trying to have a good time, just learning about the world, wanting to experience things. Right. That's all. We're all the same crowd. Like, regardless of what the, you know, what the outfit or what the convention. But us nerds have the the, the brain for it. That's why we're better in bed. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it requires the... And that is why, you know, you always see, you know, the girl, was it it Revenge of the Nerds, where all the girls ended up with the nerds at the end of the movie? You, you, like, read my mind. I was going to tell you just now, I was thinking, should I say this? I was going to say that. I'm going to drop an auto, like a, like a, a soundbite into this. Where you know the, the she go to the tent with him with Darth Vader again? right yeah and she goes he goes are all nerds as good as you he says that all jocks think about is sports and all nerds think about is sex and I was gonna drop that in there and I'm and so right then when you said Revenge of the Nerds I was like Jenny Block also reads minds ladies and gentlemen but I think that's that's what I think is again like the only word I can think of is ironic and I don't know if it's literally ironic but there is some sort of irony to this thing of like who the meek has, has inherited earth truly right sure yeah yeah again it is all it is all biblical but yeah. it's all biblical on the good side right on right the bad side. that's right i just was really excited to people to see people who wanted to just talk about real stuff for a change you know you yeah. walk around your whole life like cute outfit nice weather you know and now instead it was people you know people coming up to me talking about you know problems with body issues and diseases and how to have happy sex lives after divorces I mean there were real people with real stuff who really wanted to talk and who were really trusting me even though I'm basically a stranger to them but was willing you know but really looking to just wanted to love and be loved you know which just felt really great just really authentic I think that was the number I made we made friends that we now go out and have lunch with, you know? I just thought it was amazing. Well, I mean, it brought us together. We're, we're sitting here now. We, exactly. we, we met there. Right. And I, I, I want to put it over. You're, there were three. You did just to tell you, you know, she was really, she was like looking at the schedule and she was like, we have to go see Jenny. We have to go see Jenny. Because she had read the, your first book. That's so sweet. And was excited to get this one, as you know, that we did not leave without it. And, and thank you for the wonderful inscription that you made to her. Um, but while we were looking at it, you did three different things, and we had to wait to the third one because the other two were so packed. Congratulations. Thank you. It was so funny. We walked over to the first one, and I had ten raffle tickets in my pocket because I checked it out. Right. You know, ten people. I mean, it was it was just... 120 people. Like it was, it was bizarre. It was standing in the moment. That is. But what that I know. I saw it. <laughs> it's not me, but people's interest in in sexual pleasure. Right. In really, just like hearing the word spoken and speaking the truth, and, and but coming from a woman that's going to be speaking frankly and intelligently is going and see what I'm saying in that environment it wasn't frightened it was like at, at long last and right exactly it was a safe place and I'm a pretty safe girl like I think it can be a little daunting from some other sure. voices I you know I'm very much the girl next door there's nothing frightening about me very approachable which I think is is a good I mean it's made the mission even more important to me because I am you know I think it would be daunting to take sex tips from a porn star in some ways and be like yeah I don't know how you I'm not you know, did you um, notice that though? The, the people, whenever the porn stars were on stage asking, uh, you know, taking questions, it was all dudes, okay? Right. And it was just kind of like, you know, show us your tits time. Right. Whereas in yours, it was couples and right. females and, and us. Exactly. Now, we're all three in the room.
room when, where we met you guys yes. at, and you, you understand what a virtue that was, right? Because the other room did not work. And I want to segue into something, okay? The other room, I don't know why, I, I, you're from here, so you know that if you did go to Comic-Con or have been to anything at the convention center, there are panel rooms equipped in the back. So this whole petition, curtained off thing, whatever, uh, and so the first panel we went to was this thing, and that's what I want to segue into here in a second, was we went to one that uh, Stoya, who is a porn star, and she's also a kind of an activist and a great writer and, and, and big, big fan of hers, and she's going to be... And we'll have her eventually uh, on here, uh, hopefully. Um, uh, but her and Shy Love were going to do a panel, and we'll talk about that here in a second, okay? Don't, did, you, did you guys need anything else? Well, we'll be happy to. You're good as well, yeah? Okay, get them some of the big ones. I can edit this out. So, okay. if you guys want anything at all? Okay, okay, okay. Get whatever you want, babe. Okay, okay. Right, of course. Anything you want. Okay, um. Okay. They they were isn't she the best? Yes, yes, yeah, the best, the best. I'm so supportive of you too. I am. Like looks at you. She is my biggest fan. I'm gonna have to edit this out, but she is my biggest fan, guys. Yeah. I was telling her. I was telling her. I was like, it's my biggest fan right there. You make this my cheese. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I have to. Uh, uh, okay, so, so I'll edit that part out. But anyway, um, no, I was singing your praises while you were gone, and uh, and so were they. Uh, anyway, uh, okay, so what I want to say was, was okay, so Stoya and Shy Love were doing a panel in that the room that was behind yours. Okay. Okay. And we'll go into that in a second, but we were in the front row. I was actually as close thing to you right now, and we could not hear one word. Did the mic not work? Okay. Well, first of all, what it was was two things. One, whatever mic equipment that was happening in that room, that may have been the thing, but they were competing with the room that you were in. That was, but not at the same time. But I'm not saying they were competing with you specifically. Okay. There were Ron, Jeremy, whatever was okay. going on in there, and it was so loud. So equipment not working. Or not being loud enough, competing with that, which was crazy overbearing, but also competing with the whole. With the whole, and I was like, so I, in my mind, this is our first panel. So in my mind, this is how all the panels are going to go. And so, when she, so that's why she was like, oh man, this sucks. She goes, but we got to see Jenny Block. So when we found out that you were in the other room, I was like, well, I hope it's not like the other room. And thankfully, it was not. No, and we I wanted lucky. to tell you that. You yeah, know? we were really lucky. And we, I mean, I was told I had more people than any of the porn stars. Because to be honest, I was opposite Stormy Daniels. And I was like, who's going to come see my butt if Stormy Daniels is there? But the, the, the bottom line is that Stormy's fans love her. And they lined up around the building for her. And no, no one was lining up outside of my table. But they're looking to Stormy. Stormy's their star, and they want to have a picture with her, and they want to have a right. photograph, and they want to know about the movie. But when it comes to what to do between the sheets when you're not a porn star, those people came to my place. Okay, but, here, but, nice. but here's the deal. We were actually the leftovers that ended up seeing Stormy's panel because we came to yours. She's great. She's always been so, so sweet every time I met her. I'm going to be such a... I'm going to lose all my guy followers. I didn't know who she was. Okay. 
You didn't know who Stormy Daniels I didn't. Is? I didn't. And again, I, I have watched my fair share of pornography, but I didn't know who she was. Wow, okay. I know. I'm sorry, Stormy. Uh, but uh, so I was, we came to yours, and I'm not just kissing your ass here. I'm saying we came to yours, couldn't get a seat. And I was like, well, why don't we go check this out? Because, I mean, Stormy is insanely hot. So, like, you know. uh, And so we went in there. And actually, it was really great. Uh, Her and, uh, what's the dude's name? Was he with Evan Stone? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Who was, I learned, is from Carrollton. Oh, my God. Yes, he is my favorite. Yeah. He He was so much fun with him. Because we have this thing where it's like, if you knew me, like, really know me, like, I am, like, the craziest, like, dude. Like, a, a reputation in terms of, like, we'll do anything. Not shy, not fearless. And you can be friends with Evan. And then she said, she goes, I really think that we have finally encountered someone crazier than you. Yeah. Yes. Which, which which is a sentence that's not often said to me. You have to, I wish I could remember the name. You have to find the one where he's all blue. He's like an alien. <laughs> oh, the whole film, he's completely blue. It's hilarious. I, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot about about the hierarchy and all that stuff so at, at AVN, and I saw that carried over at Exotica. So what I wanted to segue into, I also have to say this too, is that if you could if you could picture the scene, and maybe you'll see the pictures when we take some pictures. we got to get some pictures before this line dissipates. Oh, for sure. Uh, that we're actually conducting this interview at House of Blues in Dallas, and at the same time that Hollywood Undead is playing. So the entire staff of Hot Topic uh, across the Metroplex and their yeah are all here. Uh, ready, ready to rock. Uh, this has got to be the most surreal thing in the world. Um, okay, so reason why I mentioned this was because the panel that Stoya and Shia were on was a panel called Hot Girls Wanted. The industry reacts, and it was about Rashida Jones made a documentary. Did you see it? I did not. Okay, okay, then that will disqualify you from that. But okay. I wanted. Okay, so we'll do a part two. You see it, and we'll come back and okay. we'll talk about that Perfect. part. Okay. Because uh, there were some things I wanted to talk about, and one of the uh, one of the one of the piggyback interviews, you're, you're of course are going to be the, the main interview, but there's going to be a we might do like a little. This might be in different parts because we interviewed a cam girl directly because of that panel and because of Rashida Jones' documentary. Okay. And so I was hoping we could we could talk about that a little bit, but that's that's totally fine. Okay. So for the final segment, what we'll talk about is what you began with when about your first book when you were talking about um, open marriage and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about that. Talk about your philosophy on that. Talk about your defense of that. We don't have to. We can talk about the you know, the other book, but we're still going to keep it with this, okay? Sure. So, so let's. So, tell me a little bit about that. So, I I grew up in a relatively liberal household where um, the joy of sex was on the bottom shelf of the family room, and you know there's no real talk about sex, but there is not real not talk about it either. Um, and bodies were fine, and I never got caught masturbating. I didn't know what I was doing, but so I feel like I. Grew Grew up sort of regular, whatever that means. I I'm just finished uh, more than 150 interviews for my next book, The Ultimate Guide to Solo Sex. So I've read a million stories of women. And when does that come out? That comes out uh, summer 2016. Okay, so that'll be our part three. Perfect. Perfect. Um, And it was fascinating, you know, all the different ways we grow up and what we think of our bodies and about sex and masturbating and all of that. 
And I felt like, the, even though all of that was sort of wide open, I still felt like growing up in the 70s and watching Love Boat, it was one man and one woman, and you get married, and that was what you did. Now, ironically, when I was... I think my mother said I was about six or seven. I told her that I was going to live my whole life in a penthouse in New York and have lots of boyfriends but never pick one. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yes. Um, she does remind me of that now. But when I got, you know, high school and college, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know... I don't, I don't think I really thought about it. I just did okay. what I did. There were boys, and I was interested, and I dated them, and I lost my virginity when I was 17 in a very dramatic, beautiful, lovely, candlelit, you know, Good, lucky you. Good. Yes, and he told me, you are responsible for your own orgasm, and I, like that was my sexual epiphany and all of that. And so, you know, I met a guy, and I, I had been with women, but I thought, you know, you find a person, it didn't, you know, this is what I was supposed to do, and we got married. And then about three years in, I had an affair with another woman. And her, she told her husband one night, she thought it would turn him on, it did not, um, and he called me on the phone and said that I had to tell my husband or he was going to, and I didn't think that was fair, I mean, I needed to tell him. Then he told me I had to come over to his house, because he had to talk to me, I don't know why I listened. He pulled me in a chair, like knee to knee with him, and lectured me about how I turned his wife into a whore. Meanwhile... What year was this? Nine, two, two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand one. Something like that. Yeah. Um. And the crazy thing is that I. She told me she'd never had an orgasm with him, and of course she did with me. And there he was saying that I had turned her into a whore, that I made her a prostitute somehow. And I just found the whole thing sort of fascinating. And I just was sort of like doing my writerly sort of thinking. And then I came home and I told my husband, you know, I, I'm, I'm having an affair, I'm sleeping with my friend. And he said, and, and I quote, I can't believe you lied to me. Not, I can't believe you had sex with someone else. Not, I can't believe you had sex with a woman. I can't believe you lied to me. And then my whole world opened up. Like, my whole, like, oh, like, literally. Right, okay. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, what if marriage is based on telling the truth and living authentically, and sex is based on desire and doing that authentically, and what if we're totally confused and totally doing all of this wrong? And so, you know, I sort of kept my nose clean for um, six months or so and started doing a lot of research and realizing that the United States is one of the few places where it's one man and one woman and happily ever after and, you know, where the history of marriage came from and how it was really all about the church or it was really all about joining two kingdoms to make a bigger kingdom that this whole, like, love thing was very Victorian and very new. Right. So, like, I mean, kings and queens had their own boyfriends and girlfriends. Like, it wasn't about sex. It was about, you know, kingdom. It was business. Sure. So, we created this sort of Hallmark Disney fantasy. And, duh, it doesn't work. You know, 50% ends in divorce. And so, I thought, what if it's, what if there's another way to do this? And so, basically, we just started experimenting. And for about 
for about six months, he and I had the same girlfriend, and that was heavenly. And then I started seeing other people, and he dated her for a while. And it worked for about, I don't know, eight or ten years. And I just sort of thought I was one of those people who was non-monogamous. And I truly believe that humans are not born monogamous. You have to make a choice to be monogamous, and it's a choice, but it's an active choice. Absolutely, absolutely, sure. Um, and then... Okay, so what's funny about this story is when I was touring with the book open, I always said to people, I'm not preaching this lifestyle. I am telling you what I am doing right now that's working for me. I have no idea if it will work for you. And more than that, I have no idea if it's going to last for me. And I want to say that to you because if I'm in front of you 10 years from now, reading for my new book, Closed, I don't want anyone wagging their finger and saying, I told you so. That's right. That's right. Sure enough. Fast forward to 2015, and I am now in my first monogamous relationship in more than 10 years. Because you are happy. Couldn't be happier. Because you, you, because you figured it out. I think for me, so, I figured it out. So tell people that they don't have to be at a certain pace. Exactly, it's, and it's not. A, it's, it's about where you and whatever partner or partners you have, wherever you are. You know, be honest with what you want. When I met my now girlfriend, she was really clear about that not being her lifestyle, and me being very clear about. I thought that was my lifestyle, and I suddenly don't want to sleep with other people, and that's really scaring the shit out of me. Right. Like, how does that... I, I just turned 45 years old, and my girlfriend was 27 at the time, and I thought, what kind of Martian are you? <laughs> what, what sort of voodoo is happening yeah. here? I mean, usually, but two months in, I'm like already, when can I travel? Where's yeah. the next tale? Like, it was, yeah. it was, you know, generally it was just about sex, although I did have a habit of, you know, performing some kind of bond. Yeah, but isn't that, the, the, isn't that the, the, the moral of the tale is that it's kind of like, you know, like for me as well, I'm not like, you know, I've had my, my, my spells of promiscuity, like unspeakable promiscuity, like that, that, that thing I wrong like with that. it. Can I read it, a book called Unspeakable, unspeakable Promiscuity? promiscuity. Yeah. Yes. Say it again. I won't. I won't talk over you. Unspeakable promiscuity. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like. Yes, I hear you. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and so and you know and it, that was great and fun and awesome, but ultimately, like you're saying, it really isn't me. It wasn't me, and it was. It worked. You know, the time th- this and, is me. You know. And in a way, I wonder sometimes if it was how that that worked for my marriage, and it meant we could stay together and be parents together and raise this kid together, and it was great. And could I have been as happy otherwise? Probably not. I mean, probably yeah. being open saved my marriage. Yeah. So it, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's beautiful that he was able to respect me as a human, and I could respect him as a human. And now, you know, I think it's a little cuckoo. Like, I can see him looking sideways at my girlfriend sometimes. But I look at her sideways sometimes, too. Like, I don't know how it happened. All I know is what I know and what I feel. But you had the temerity to make yourself happy. I think it's a little sad, but it's true. Being honest with yourself is the bravest thing you can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of... I wish we I wish we lived in a society where being honest with yourself wasn't brave, it was normal. And it's not. It's not normal. Most of the time, we're all just sort of living whatever yeah. sort of life. And I thought it was brave at the time to be open because people hated us for it. 
Well, it was. It was very brave of you. It still is. Okay, but now I feel like it's almost braver to choose monogamy for me. Because it seems so wild. Well, yeah. Jenny Block's monogamous. It's like a joke, you know? How did that... But by the same token, you know, you were talking about Kamala Devi before. I mean, she has a pod, and I don't think she could live any other way. That is her authentic self. Yeah, that's her life, yeah. I want to live in a country where there's me and her. Yeah. I want to live in a place where both of our kids can go to school, and you just ask, who's coming for dinner? Not, you know, who are all those people? Do you know right. what I mean? Of like, course. why can't it just be... There's nothing else, nothing else that we're all expected to do exactly the same except for relationships. Fantastic. Again, the book is called Oh Wow, Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm. And Jenny, how can we find you on, on the interwebs? You can find me at thejennyblock.com. Um, you can Google Jenny Block and you'll find me pretty fast. Um, you can find Oh Wow on Amazon. I'm in every Barnes & Noble. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Jenny underscore Block. Also, the Jenny Block and Instagram, the Jenny Block. I'm everywhere. Well, okay. Now, also, Jenny, uh, you leave tomorrow, actually, uh, for the book tour for Oh Wow. So, uh, so let's plug a couple of those appearances. Sure. So, I will be at Good Vibrations on Valencia in San Francisco on September 9th. Okay. That's tomorrow. Be, that's tomorrow. Okay. I'll be at the Center for Sex and Culture, also in San Francisco on Thursday the 10th. Okay. I will be at Catalyst Con over the weekend in Burbank. Okay. Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 11th through the 13th. And then the tour kicks back up in mid-October. Um, you can find the tour on the Jenny Block. I'll be in Boston, um, New York. I'll be in New York uh, October 26th through 29th. Okay. I'll be in Chicago um, October 19th through 21st. Um, and then, if you happen to be a lesbian, I'll be on an Olivia cruise um, Mexican Riviera from November 12th to 19th. And if you drop my name when you call Olivia, they'll even give you a discount. Fantastic. Again, the book is called Oh Wow! Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm. Jenny, thank you so much for being here. We loved, loved having you. I love this book. Go get it. Use our Amazon links at trickykid.com. That's www.trickyk-id.com. You also can find us at Tricky Kid and the number two on Twitter. Again, use those Amazon links uh, to buy Oh Wow! Discovering Your Ultimate Orgasm by Jenny Block. Thanks again, Jenny. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Thank you. Check one, two. Check, check. Check one, two. We're live at the Exotic Expo in Dallas, Texas. First time Exotica has been here, and I'm here sitting next to Cam Girl 
Finley Flake with Shreepings. Hello. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> this is day three, so this is the final day. So Finley has been uh, working uh, this crazy event for three days. Tell us how it's been. Um, it's been good. I, you know, it's not as it's not as crazy as the AVN because I worked at the AVN in January. Okay. There's a lot more tone down than that, but I'm still very exhausted because I've been walking like a mile every day, and you know, at the booth on cam, yes. talking to people, and it's all over the place. But it's really fun, and I'm networking. I've met a lot of people, and and that's a, that's the whole idea. Well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh. And that's the whole idea because, I mean, you were here, obviously sponsored by Stream Bay, but ultimately you're here to promote your brand. Yeah. Okay? And tell us what your brand is. I don't even know how to speak it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gorgeous. Okay. Thank you. you have a very great look. You have a unique look. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, I know there's the whole alt kind of model uh, tattoo world. We're, we're yeah. friends with Joanna in, the, in Burning Angel, and we know them real well and yeah. support them. But but you also have, you know, uh, everybody's unique, I guess, but yeah. you have a very unique look. So what would you say are, are the people that are coming to your cam shows? Um, the people that come to my cam shows, I because I'm very personable and I talk to everyone. Okay. And, like, when you go into a cam room, not every, people aren't always talking. They're, sometimes they might be sitting there waiting for a show. Which is fine. Everyone runs their room differently. I get to know my members, you know, and like I start getting regulars, and I I consider them my friends. But who? So, but who are they? I mean, what, what kind of people? Is it, is, it, is it very specific to an age group? Is it very specific to a? It's really, you get girls in your in your in your. Uh, I get girls sometimes. I get couples sometimes. It's more men, um, and it's kind of all over the board, really. Let's break it down for a little bit because I'm sure anyone listening to this probably already knows what a cam show is. Yeah. But in the simplest terms, if somebody who has probably only watched a, or consumes a pornography via the old school way, why don't you tell them a little bit about what a cam show is? Okay, so well, on Streamate itself, there's like three. There's three different kinds of shows you can do. There's a gold show, which is kind of like a group show with a low buy-in. So, you know, if someone doesn't want to, if someone's never seen your show before... Right. Well, break it down even further, though. I mean, like, I, I'm 65 years old. I've never been on the internet. Okay. My grandson has said, hey, Grandpa, or, or I, you, you catch the grandson looking at porn and going, wait a minute. He's actually talking to that girl. That's not a video tape. And if he wanted to experience that, tell him how he would do that. You would go to... Or any one of uh, yeah, you know, or, or you know any but for this sake, since you are here with Streamate, we're going to promote Streamate, yeah. okay? So I go on to Streamate, and what do I do? You you know, like the front page, like there's several pages and models, but generally people like end up picking, like looking through the girls. You see their picture, and you kind of like click on ones who might interest you. Okay. So we all have like our own like separate pictures. Of, right. I have like several different ones that I'll like change. And, and do I have to put a credit card on the file? Um, when you sign up, you in order to have like an account where you can talk to people, you can put a credit card in, but you don't get charged for anything. It's right. a free account. You sign up. Once you have a credit card attached to it, you're free to go into a room and talk to any model you want to. Okay. You can, that way you can like kind of look around and find someone that you like, want to talk to. You kind of kind of figure it out there. Yeah. Now, is it the 
people that aren't just looking for sex on camera. Yeah. Is it more interesting because there is a human interaction? Is that what they're after? I, I feel like it is. Like, I, you know, like, a lot, I do have a lot of, like, regulars that don't tip for sex just to support me, right. like, as a model and as a person, because we're friends. Right, okay. Um, and so, you know, it, there's definitely, like, there's definitely, like, a friendship. Okay. Now, and who do you perform on, uh, on camera with? Select? Is somebody that street bank selects? Is it? Uh, I do solo shows mostly. Um, I have done girl girl shows in the past, and okay. always been something that I've chosen. Um, I don't think I could do. Well, I take that back because I would fly to do like solo or girl girl porn. Okay. With an agency fly for a camp show because it's such like a like a more intimate thing, like in your own palace, you know, like you have to. Okay, so, so, like, so today was under maybe an open casting call capacity. 
Well, it was the whole thing. They put it up, and I was like, hey, not that far. Like, I'll email, and I don't know how many emails they got, but they emailed me back. Okay. And well, the reason why I, also, I wanted to choose you was because, because of what you just said was that you're not somebody that's like this weekend. I mean, you know, you're not really ready to be Jenna Jameson, yeah. uh, but you're also not a weekend warrior. Like you said, you are at the full-time job. You take it seriously. Yeah. Um, I social. I stalked you a little bit social media-wise so I can be prepared for the interview, if yeah. you don't mind. And I, I saw, uh, you know, I was like, that's somebody that I want to talk to. And then, not to mention, but whenever we put out the thing, you were one of the first people that were like, yes, I would be, you know, want to be interviewed. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, you know, having that exposure. So if I was streaming or whatever company and thinking, okay, what kind of investor do I want? I want somebody out there that doesn't have 12 followers and hasn't tweeted in a month and, uh, you know, somebody that, that, that understands that you have to, to work this and from a marketing standpoint. I wouldn't be doing my job as a journalist, of course. The whole premise of the panel took me by surprise. Now, I'm no authority, okay? So I, and this is the question I want to put to you, okay? Was that they were... It was called Hot Girls One in the industry reacts. And the reaction was 100% negative. Okay? And the negative thing was this that they were saying that Rashida Jones's agenda, it appeared to them at least, was that they're saying that this is, this encompasses all of porn. Like, this, like, it's this very bad thing, and if you want to get into porn or get a new porn, this is what you can expect. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm not defending the documentary, but after seeing it, and we've seen it twice, I didn't get that at all. Okay, what I got was that this is perhaps one aspect of it, or this is how people are getting into it quicker now in 2015. I mean, you know, I don't even think I finished Hot Girls on it, honestly. I think I turned it off because I was just like... Okay, talk about, talk about that. I just thought it was garbage because it's only the, the negative. I can't stand when something only shows one side of something. Like, of course that happens. Of course, like, people who just turn 18, like, get into situations right. that they don't want to be in. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, in this industry, like, you need to read your contract thoroughly. You need to know what you're going to be into. You need to know that people are probably going to find out. And you should act like you don't want people to find out and you don't want, you know, like, this is not the business for you, yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's, in some ways, like, the industry is glorified and that's what makes people want to do it because they think, like, oh, I can make this much money in, like, a week. But that the reality is that's not true. Okay, okay, but, but speak, speak to your personal, uh, how the offense that you took to the movie. Talk about that personally. I think personally it just pissed me off because I'm tired of seeing, like, purely. I mean, they did, they definitely include the entire picture. They include, they only did, like, one part of the picture. Okay, okay. You know, there's a whole, there's a lot more to it than just, like, oh, I'm going to sign up and do this. You right. know, like, it's not... It's not as black and white as that. Okay. There's like a lot of gray areas. And this there. is not in defense of the film at all, but I, I do think that it was important that it illuminated something as a, as a cautionary tale. And again, at the end of the day, there's only so many hours of the day, so they were to do this whole other side of it to encompass the whole thing. It may have taken three more years to do it. Maybe you know. Well, then maybe they should have waited. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I mean, that's. The I thing. love that quote. I love that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put. 
then maybe you should have waited to be Blake. That, that's your quote right there. People quote me all the time on Twitter. I say funny shit. No, I, 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 good. We're gonna be friends. We're gonna be good friends. That, that's awesome. I mean, you're from camp, Texas. My cam shows are funny too. I've had some weird cam shows before, like rubbing gummy bears all over my body. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. You know, sometimes you just need to break it up and, like, you know, not yes. do the same shit all the time. Exactly, because it doesn't get boring after a while. Yeah. Okay, so last question. As being a camp girl and being a camp girl from Texas, uh, I also was ABN this year. It was my first year. Was it your first year yeah. ABN? Mine too. Uh, and for those that, that are listening, we can't see, there's a lot of these very... Uh, religious zealots outside that are in the spirit of the Westboro Baptist Church which you may have heard of. And even as we saw last night, there were Christians outside that were protesting the protesters. Yeah. Okay? So, what what I've come to the conclusion of is that since we saw nothing like that in Vegas because it's so much, you yeah, know, yeah. the norm. So do you think that the reason for this is that the release is stronger because the oppression is deeper? I think that those people outside have nothing better to do with their time. It's a spectacle. And they just wanna, yeah, it's, so it's a spectacle. I mean, they told me inside when I was walking inside that I deserve to get raped. Yeah, I told them. I mean, it's like, you're not actually, like, Catholic. Like, you can't call yourself Catholic. Like, my whole family is Catholic. That's not Catholic. That's no, just spectacle. No, it's just hate. It's just like, spreading hate, right. Yeah, and it's like, you know, like, I heard, I didn't see
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, and we'll have to do a follow-up. We're gonna we'll be in Austin uh, for uh, what's the big thing? Uh, ACL. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, primarily, like I said, my my background is in the music industry. Yeah. So we do comedy conventions, we do pinball conventions, yeah. we do this stuff. We yeah. we were at Sundance this year. Uh, but but my my thing is is primarily within music. So we'll be down there. So we'll have to do maybe do like a follow-up yeah. on you and, and do that. So yeah, you can hit me up. Like you know, you have my. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. I want to thank again uh, Jenny Block uh, for joining us. Uh, it was probably my, one of my favorite interviews ever. Uh, you can find uh, Jenny and her new book um, at Jenny Block, actually thejennyblock.com. Uh, she's all over the uh, internet with the social media. She's also on JennyOnThePage.com. And go out there and, and definitely pick up her book. Also want to thank uh, Finley Blake um, for being on our show and, and it was great meeting her at Exotica. And you can find Finley uh, on Twitter at the Finley Blake. It's the at symbol at the Finley Blake and, uh, and also at her streaming site, which is chatterbait.com slash the Finley Blake. Anyway, thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll see you next week.